What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Coach's Challenge. I am your host, Andrew Daly. Got another great episode lined up here for you today. I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, as always, give us a follow on Twitter at challenge underscore cast or shoot us an email with any uh, questions, comments, or concerns. Coach Challenge Podcast at gmail.com. What's going on, everybody? And thanks for checking out another episode of a Coach's Challenge. Hey, before we get into this episode, I uh, just want to remind everybody, check us out on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you could hear podcast Breaker, uh, Radio, I think Radio Plus, SoundCloud. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing, uh, liking, leaving comments, all that stuff. The feedback has been great to this point, but you know we only want to make this thing bigger. So make sure if you guys are enjoying the podcast uh, to let us know. Uh, another reminder, too, is to... Uh, you know, the guys out in, in the tri-state area, New Jersey, PA, Delaware, New York, Thursday night, March 12th, uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. We are hosting a clinic right now. We've got over 20 coaches, uh, 20 college coaches confirmed to speak, uh, headlined by, you know, staff at Temple's coming down. We got coaches from Division I, uh, FBS, FCS, D2, D3. Contact me here on Twitter if you're interested in that, uh, at challenge underscore cast for more information on that. Again, that's in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Thursday night, March 12th. Our guest today, uh, he's a coach who's well-known in the Twitter, Twitter world uh, coaching community. Currently, he's the offensive line coach at Lake Forest College, which is located in Lake Forest, Illinois. Uh, he was recently a head coach at Fort, Fort Madison High School in Fort Madison, Iowa published coach and some of you guys most of you guys probably know him as uh the co-creator and founder of hog football chat on twitter uh coach tony Schiffman. i want to thank you for being on the podcast for, with us today yeah thanks we have uh looking forward to being here yeah and not a problem we got a lot of great stuff to talk about uh you know so we're gonna hop right in and kind of what we do you know what we do to get started is uh you know just kind of tell us where you started and and how you got it you know into coaching and you know, a little bit about where you grew up and any, any influences in your life uh, in the coaching world? Sure. So, you know, I, I actually didn't get into coaching right away. I, I played college football in, in, uh, at a small school in, in, uh, in Illinois called Illinois College and, and um, you know, played, my four, played, played three years. I actually transferred in, played my three years there. And then um, I kind of was done with football for a little while. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't working in football. I didn't do anything in football. I, I, I had a, a, a goal at one point to be a, uh, work in a front office somewhere and, and that kind of fell through. So, um, I was working in the, you know, I was working in the business world and, um, my, my former position coach had gotten the head coaching job at my alma mater. Um, and so I kind of went in and talked to him and, and he kind of, you know, he was my first real, um, real mentor. And he kind of said, you know, what are you doing working that job? You, you should be out here helping us and you should be doing this. And so that was kind of how I got into coaching. And, and like I said, it was a little late. I was, uh, I was 26 years old when I started coaching. So, wow. um, yeah, but yeah, so, so he got me involved in that kind of got me on the, on the path to becoming an educator and becoming a teacher. And, and so, um, I, I spent my first seven years, uh, coaching, working for him, um, and working at my alma mater at Springfield high school in Springfield, Illinois. So, um, you know, I worked, I worked, um, five years for him, which was great. Uh, you know, he taught me a ton and, and really kind of helped with the, the family influence and in football. And then, um, I worked two years for, uh, RJ Luke, 
um, who got the job after after uh, Mike Taylor did, and and um, you know that was uh, another great experience. He was a guy that had been, you know, played at the at the top of the top. You know, played at Penn State, played um, with an All American in Western Illinois, played you know played in the NFL for a couple of years. So he uh, he really he really taught us a lot too. So um, that's kind of how I started coaching. You know, I, after that I sort of bounced around a little bit and, and sure. got to work for a lot of great coaches and, and a lot of great people. Coach, so you're you're 26 years old when you start. Did you already have you know everything you needed to get into coaching? Did you have your uh, teaching certificate, or did you have to go back to school, or oh, how did that no. work? Oh no, heck no! Yeah, I, <laughs> I as soon as I started coaching, I, I went kind of and started to get back to school, and it took me a little while to find a good program, um, but I finally did find a program. So I didn't get my teaching certificate actually until 2012. So wow. for the first you know, I started coaching in 2007, uh, didn't get my certificate till 2012. And, and for those five years, I was working towards my certificate and my master's. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to work at Springfield High School as a permanent sub. So I was I was in in education in, in a classroom almost every single day in the school every day, which was great. Um, yeah. So I was I was still involved and, in you know, I was still being able to do that with, with and be involved with all the kids and get build those relationships. Sure. And I think, you know, just, you know, personally speaking, I know uh, kind of what the deal is when it comes to substitutes and, and being a long-term sub. And it's safe to say that you're not, you know, you're not doing it for the money. So it kind of shows, you know, your yeah. dedication to the program and to the kids uh, for you to be able to do that for such a long period of time. So that's pretty cool on your end. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, sure. So your, your, your early career, you, you start in Illinois, Man, just doing doing some back, you know, research on you. You go from Illinois. You're in North Carolina. You're in Tennessee. You're yeah. in Iowa. How did you wind up getting all these jobs all over the place? And frankly, like, dude, how are you? How were you able to do it? How were you able to to move all these places and and coach football? Well, sure. Well, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough. I'm single. I, I don't have anything that you know at the time was really tying me down. So I was able to make those those moves and. You know, at the time when I moved to North Carolina, it was uh, they were offering a full-time teaching job, which which I needed, mm -hmm. um, and they were looking for a football coach, and I was able to go mid-year. Um, so I, you know, at, at, at that at that point, it was between going to uh, to Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, or going to Surprise, Arizona. Um, and North Carolina had the teaching job or the uh, excuse me, the coaching job already included, so. Um, I made the jump and moved to North Carolina in uh, January of 2014. I drove out there in my car. Uh, I didn't bring any any furniture or anything with me. Just kind of brought clothes and you know a few things and um, went out there and ended up having a a really good um, a good experience. You know, I was able to get my first head coaching experience on as a track and field head coach. Mm -hmm. um, was able to. Uh, be involved with the football program and be involved with the, the strength and conditioning again. And, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting experience because I did everything over the phone. So I was interviewed over the phone. I was hired over the phone. Really? Um, and then when I got there in, in, in June, you know, the, the man who hired me ended up leaving. So he ended <laughs> up taking another job that June. Um, and we had a brand new head coach come in. So it was, you talk about kind of, learning and, and flying by the seat of your pants it was it was all kind of a blur but we had a great year um and then you know just being that far away from home kind of took its toll and so I was I'd been trying to get back you know I 
my entire career as a as an educator and a coach, I've been trying to get a job up in the in the suburbs because that's where my family was, that's where my family's from. Uh, so right. I've been trying to get a job in the Chicago suburbs. So, uh, you know, at, at that time, the closest job I could get that I could find was uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. So yeah. I ended up going to Rockview High School and and working for uh, a great head coach, Ron Lambert, who, uh, you know, you talk about some of the things that helped prepare me to be a head coach and helped me prepare to be a college coach. This was a guy who spent, you know, his first 20 years of coaching at the college level, had been a, a position coach, uh, you know, played division one football, uh, coached division one football, you know, right. was a, a, a defensive coordinator at, at Eastern Illinois at, at Tennessee state. So he'd kind of been all around. So it was a, a great experience to learn from him. Um, and then unfortunately he got fired as well. So, uh, you know, at the time I had uh, applied to be the head coach at, Ro- at Rossview cause I had, I really enjoyed my time in Tennessee, really enjoyed my time at that school. Um, didn't didn't come to pass so ended up going to Iowa uh, was offered a, a head coaching job and and I had had a <clears throat> I'd had a little bit of of prior knowledge of, of Fort Madison I played with a few guys that went to high school there and and so um, it was kind of a, a funny situation just how it all came to came to be and ended up going there for two years and then um, the the job at at uh, Lake Forest came open and and just kind of things fell into place and sure. I finally, you know, finally, finally got up to the suburbs that I've been trying <laughs> to get up to. Yeah, that's great. And you know, you're in, you're in, uh, we're Clarksville, Tennessee, right? At the time. Yep. That was rough to you. I'm not going to, it's not going to, I'm not going to compare it to New York city. Uh, you know, I have family in Tennessee myself, so I, I kind of know that it's a little bit of a rural area, but just explain the difference from going, from Tennessee to living in Iowa, was there a big uh, culture shock for you well, there or how that was, how, well, how was that? The big, I mean, truthfully, the, the, the biggest culture shock was going from Springfield to Roanoke Rapids because Roanoke Rapids was, uh, you know, 10,000 people, but it felt like it was about a thousand people. And it was just, you talk about being spread out country that was a big, huge culture shock. Going to Clarksville was fantastic. Going to Clarksville was like going back to Springfield because it was, you know, a bigger town like Springfield. It was, it was um, a, a military town because they've got the military base right there. So gotcha. that was, gotcha. it was, it was so comfortable going there. Um, and then going to, going to Fort Madison, Iowa, it was, it was really wasn't bad because I'd been in North Carolina uh, before and, and done my time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, we were right on the Mississippi river. So we were as close to Illinois without being in Illinois that we could be in, in Fort Madison. So it was, it was not a, a bad situation um, in regards to, you know, being close to family. You know, we were only two hours away from. Uh, okay. From yeah, my, so you're right. So you're right on the border there then it wasn't too bad for right. you. So, gotcha. so the culture shock there was not, was not bad. So it's going, the biggest one was going from Illinois to, to North Carolina then. Oh, absolutely. That was, that was huge. Yeah. <laughs> different, different world, I guess. But, uh, so oh, you're yeah. coaching at all these, you're coaching all these places, man. You're, you're, you're kind of, you know, feeling all these, uh, different States out. Do you, do you notice any difference, any big difference in the level of competition, you know, just the overall, um, style of football from state to state? Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, uh, you know, going to go North, North Carolina and, and, um, and Tennessee are definitely football states that are, are underlooked, I think a little bit because, Mm -hmm. 
you've got a lot of talent there. And North Carolina was very strange uh, because you play almost a college schedule. I mean, you're playing 11 regular season games with the bye week in there. Um, and then you talk about uh, five playoff games. So, I mean, wow. you're, you have teams that play essentially 15 or 16 games to be a state champion. So you're, you're playing a, a, a college schedule um, and, and it kind of, it kind of can wear on you a little bit um, sure. as, as a team and, and as a program. And then Tennessee gets kind of overlooked just because I think people, people don't really trust the, the level of talent there is, but there's a ton of talent in Tennessee. Um, Iowa, Iowa was tough because there's talent in Iowa, but football is, little brother there you know yeah, Iowa is sure. wrestling um, yep. and so wrestlers wrestlers get you know wrestling is is the the sport which is fine you know we had a great wrestling program at fort madison they still do uh so it it, it gets it gets the the top billing and, and football is kind of pushed to the side a little bit so it's sure. while there still is talent it's it's tough to kind of sift through it and find it um but it, it was it, you, you know you still get the the top end teams in iowa can still compete with the top end teams in Tennessee and can compete with the top end teams in, in, in North Carolina. So it's definitely, I mean, when you get to that level, that, that, you know, talent level, it's, it's all the same everywhere you go. Sure. And, uh, you know, personally I had a, you know, a little experience coaching in, in North Dakota and it was the first time I experienced this, but do you have any, and this is just a sidebar, but, uh, you know, being in Iowa, do you have any, uh, experience with like six, seven, eight man football or it was all 11 man where you were at? So for us, it was all 11, man, but there is, there is a big, uh, there's a community kind of 25, 30 minutes away from where we were in Iowa that actually uh, my second year in Fort Madison, they won the state championship um, wow. in eight man football. So it's, it, it's a lot more prevalent in Iowa. There, there's a lot more eight man, um, eight man football. And, and it's actually in Illinois. Now you're starting to get a lot more eight man teams. I think there's, there were, eight to 10 last year. And I think there's already 12 to 16 eight man teams for, uh, yeah. for this next season. So it's, I had, it's I had never even heard of it yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I had never even heard of it until I went out there. Um, right. Moving on here. So I saw, you know, at Fort Madison, man, I saw that you, you took over, you take the team from 20 kids to 50 kids, uh, you know, which I think is, is great. Talk a little bit about how you went about uh, increasing the, uh, the roster size in, in a school that maybe, you know, you know, like you said, football kind of takes the back seat a little bit. So talk right. about a little bit what, you know, when you went in there and how you kind of changed the culture in there and, and got more kids to come out. Sure. We just, we, we made it fun again. I, I think it, you know, when we, when we took over at Fort Madison, it was, it was a program that had not won a game in, in I think two years. Um, and just, it, it kind of, the, the, the program itself had been falling by the wayside a little bit and, and kids were not having fun playing football. Kids were not going out and, and trying to play sports and trying to be, be football players. And, and you know, it, it needed kind of a fresh, a fresh change and a, a, you know, kind of a kick in the butt. And that's sort of what we did. So, so we came in there and, and uh, you know, made things fun again for, for the players, made things, you know, made, made kids compete for, for, for spots, made kids compete in the weight room, made kids compete at practice. And, and it, it you know, it, it helped that, you know, I was kind of a, a younger face and a younger, sure. a younger guy. So we were able to get some kids out um, that might not have played the year before and, and ended up being, you know, really huge parts of our program. So 
Um, and I think it, that, that, and that's, I think that's huge, you know, on your, like you would just mentioned being a younger guy, being able to speak the kid's language and, and to communicate yeah. with them on that level. And, and you real as a coach today, you really kind of have to be in touch with everything that's going on outside of football uh, to be able to be successful, you know, with your kids. Cause like you said, you're going to have these conversations and you need to know what the heck they're talking about, you know, whether it's uh, oh, social media or, or pop culture or whatever it might be. Absolutely. And a lot of these kids just didn't, I don't want to say they were afraid of football, but they just didn't want to give it a chance. And, and mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that was a big thing for us was we just said, guys, give us a chance. You know, if you, if you come out and genuinely don't like it, I'm not going to make you stay out and play. If you don't want to play, don't play, but you know, give yep. us a chance. I promise. I've said I the same. You'll yeah. like it. <laughs> I said the same thing to the kids when I took over, you know, at the school that I'm at, come out and give it yeah. a chance. If you know, stick with it for a week, if you hate it, you know, no hard feelings, but at least you could say you tried. And, and, you know, I've right. gotten a lot of kids that way and, and they've stuck right. around. And, so. and we got, right. And we got a ton of kids, you know, our, our first year there, um, one of our guys who was, who was all conference, who, who made all conference and it actually is going to be a, a division one track athlete. Um, you know, he came out and, and tried it and competed and, and became all conference. We had another kid who, who'd been a baseball player his whole career. And, and, you know, it was kind of funny. He said, uh, he, he put a tweet out there that it was one of those, you know, if, if this gets a hundred retweets, I'll, I'll, I'll play football. And, you know, me kind of having my Twitter background, I, I said, Oh, this kid's going to play football. because I'm gonna retweet this. And, it, <laughs> yeah. and I think, I think in less than like 30 minutes, we got him, we got 110 Good. retweets. And so he ended up go. playing and ended up being a starter for us all season was a really, uh, you know, a huge part of the, the success we had that first year. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a sport that kind of gets, you know, it gets pushed to the wayside a little bit, but you know, once kids give it a chance and see that it's not all about banging their heads against the wall, it's, it's uh, it can yeah, be like, rewarding. Like some people make so it out to be, but uh, right. coach, did I, did I hear in there, you know, a uh, multi-sport athlete? I, I think I caught that in there a couple of times. So I think that's a pretty hot did. topic it, right now. So it uh, is. And that was something that, that we were really proud of at Fort Madison. We had, uh, our second year there, we had, uh, after the graduating class, we had 30, I think we had 35 kids left in the program. And I think 34 of them were, were uh, multi-sport athletes. That's awesome. And so it was, yeah, we were pretty proud of that. Um, and, and that, that, and they still, you know, our, the head coach that's there right now, Derek Doherty, he does a great job with that. He, he coaches wrestling, he coaches all sorts of other sports. So he makes sure those guys are, are doing, are still competing. And that was something that, that was something we've done everywhere. You know, when, when I was at Springfield High School, we had kids doing multiple sports. When I was at Roanoke Rapids, we had kids, uh, you know, our, our best track athletes were our football players. Um, right. When I was at Rossview, we had the, the football uh, players went out and ran track and they played basketball and baseball and things. So uh, I've always been a big proponent of, of uh, multi-sport athletes. I think it, it helps the program. It helps every program because it helps the school become good at sports. And, and you know, when, when the school has a good sports team, uh, when the schools have good sports seasons, uh, it's a good year. It's a fun year. So, yeah, so it's, that's, it's that's a, pretty it, important to me. It's a morale builder, no, no doubt. All right, kind of kind of backtracking here, Coach, going back to Roanoke Rapids. Uh, you know, uh, looking back, you, you came in. The, the team had gone 2-9 uh, and nine in the previous season. You come in. You're not the head coach, but you're heavily involved with the offense. The team goes 10-4. and four. You have 2,000-yard rushers that year. Talk about just what, you know, uh, what you did specifically on offense to kind of to change that culture a little bit and, and how do you create, you know, you go from two and nine to having two guys rushing for a thousand yards in high school is pretty impressive. So how'd you guys do that? Sure. I think we just, we catered 
and I want to say cater, but we 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 geared the offense towards the kids we had. You know, we had mm-hmm. we had a guy at quarterback who was not the greatest of throwers, but was probably one of the best athletes I'd ever been around in, in coaching. And so we said, hey, let's not force this kid to do anything that he's not comfortable doing. Let's let him, you know, let's let him run a little bit of option. Let's let him run a little bit of of um, of you know read game. Let's have him run some quarterback counter and. And, you know, we just kind of simplified things and, and made it, again, made the kids have fun again. You know, we, we, our, our practices were not very hard. They were not very strenuous. You know, we, uh, we, we took a lot off of their plate uh, and just made it, made it simple for them and, and took advantage of the athletes that we already had um, in the program. So it, it was, it was, it really wasn't anything that we did special. It was just, we, took advantage of the kids we had and let them be football players and, 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 you know, made us look like, uh, like smart guys. Sure. And I, I say that a lot when, you know, as, as coaches, you know, we have to cater to the kids that we have, not, not the other way around. So, and I think, you know, right. some guys get caught up in uh, being set in their ways. And if you don't have the talent to do that, then uh, you're not going to be successful. So, uh, right. you know, as we move forward here, man, you seem like talking to you, you seem like a pretty calm and, and cool and collected guy, but, you know, I, I guess I know most O-line coaches, you guys are kind of a different kind of breed, but your Twitter picture is a picture of you on the sidelines with your headset, big scruffy beard, and you got blood dripping down your face. And it's one yeah. of the most badass pictures that I've seen on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that picture, uh, how it took place, and just talk a little bit, man, about your coaching style in general and and if you're coaching a kid, what they can expect from you. So that that picture, I will tell you this, that's not the first let's time. Start out, ever... Let's start out with your uh, your Twitter handle. Give everybody that so they can follow you here, Coach. Uh, so my Twitter handle is just at Coach Schiffman, and it's S-H-I-F-F-M-A-N. Um, that picture was taken my first year in Rossview, Tennessee, uh, at Rossview High School, excuse me, in Clarksville, Tennessee, against Clarksville High School, which was uh, the Battle of the Warfield Shield. It's a, it was a trophy game, and and so that that picture is actually not, not the first time that's happened. Um, I have a long-standing tradition of headbutting a player uh, before every game, um, and the the it's it's usually never an offensive lineman. It's usually a skill guy that just I have a relationship with, or or you know we we connected, and and so um, that's not the first time I've bled, uh, but it it's happened. You know I did. I did take a two-year hiatus from headbutts when I was a, a head coach, um, but it's uh, it's just walking down the sideline, do walking down the sideline with blood running down your face wasn't a good look or something. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. So <laughs> it's just something that I do that kind of you know I was a player. I always had to get, I always had really bad nerves until I got until I got the first hit in. So it's kind of my way of getting that first hit in still and kind of calming myself. Um, for the game so sure. it, it's you know it's not it's an, it's, a, that... it's an awesome picture it, it, it's an awesome story and uh you know yeah. especially be t- coming from a big rivalry game so uh, how about right. your coaching style how, how how would you describe yourself you know on the field and and in the coach's office while you're watching film with the guys you know watching film with the guys I'm pretty I'm pretty calm I don't I'm not a big yeller uh, I'm not a I'm not a like a horrible screamer or anything like that. You know, I'm more mm-hmm. of a guy that's going to point out your mistakes and, and let you know how we can fix it to better the program, to better the team, than being a guy that's going to, you know, 
MF you or, 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 or chew you out or, or curse you out or anything like that. So, uh, you know, I hate to use the cliche players coach, but you know, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to build relationships with guys, you know, my, my offensive lineman and, and, you know, just anybody else on the, on the team, they know that my door is always open if they've got a, a concern or a question or just want to talk to me about anything at all. So, um, you know, the offensive line, we like to have fun. They know that, you know, we're going to have fun because it's a sport we're playing. It's a game. Um, but they also know that when it's time to work, it's time to work. So they know that there will be times during the, during a game when you know things get heated when you know I, I i might have to raise my voice and and like i said it's never going to be in a negative way it's never going to be to curse anybody out but they know that when it's time to get to work it's time to get to work and you know we've got we've got a job to do and we've got standards that we want to uphold and so uh sometimes it takes a little a little kick in the butt to to get that going and and they know that that it can be, you know, it's going to be expected, but it's never going to be in a negative. No, sure. And, I, you know, I think a little tough love goes a long way. Um, Coach, you sound like a pretty tough guy, man, but I got to be honest. Uh, I know you got your offensive lineman, you know, you take the usually take the rap for being uh, the toughest guys on the field. But the hot route segment has been known to break even the toughest man. Uh, oh, so man. we're going to, we're going to jump into that. And before we do All that, right. I, before we do that, I want to remind everybody, you know, give us a follow on Twitter. If you like what we're doing at challenge underscore cast, uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe on, uh, on Apple podcasts, Spotify, anchor, all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to hop right into it though, with the, uh, with the hot route coach, you ready? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, here we go. First question. I saw that you were a phys ed teacher at one time. What's your favorite gym class sport or activity? Oh, floor hockey, hands down. Uh, that's a good one. I, I'm a pickleball yeah. guy myself. but I, I like pickleball, but I'm much better at floor hockey, so that's why <laughs> right. I like floor hockey. In honor of it, be, and I'm a big WWE guy, all right? So in honor of Royal Rumble weekend, who was your favorite childhood wrestler growing up? Well, WCW guy, I was a Goldberg fan. All right. Well, he, he made the jump at the end there. So true. true Third true. question. Yeah, <laughs> Third question. Here yeah, we go. What, 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 go ahead. Uh, favorite lineman from a football movie. Oh, gosh. Billy Bob. Oh, that's great. There's a few good ones out there. When I made this question, I was like, man, he can go a couple ways with this. So that, that was one yeah. of them. All right. Fourth question. Here we go. At what temperature is it acceptable for a lineman to wear sleeves? Uh, we never wear sleeves. Depending on who you ask, you know. No, some guys out don't wear sleeves. All right, that's good. That's that's my yeah, opinion we, too. We got a rule. The, the <laughs> only lineman I allow to wear sleeves is our long snapper. That's it. There you go. I wear sleeves if it's like seventy, so we're good. Favorite tailgate. <laughs> favorite tailgate food. Uh, bratwurst. Nice. Last question, true or false? A legal man downfield is a real penalty in the game of football. Uh, do you say illegal? Illegal man downfield. I, I, you know, people yeah. say that it's a real penalty. Is that true? Sadly, it is true, yeah. Well, with the RPO game going on, I, I, I beg to differ. But, uh, uh, you yeah. know, Coach, yeah. you, survived, <laughs> you survived the hot route segment, man. And uh, a little bit different perspective coming from an offensive lineman because I was a QB guy, so. I just watched that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, I got, yeah. I watched that national title game and with the RPO stuff. And again, we're not a big X's and O's podcast, but with the, all the RPO stuff going on, man, and, and QBs are throwing the ball with the offensive line five yards downfield and it's not getting called. Yeah. I just, 
it kind of blows my mind. But we're going to move on. You yeah. did a good job. You survived the hot route segment, uh, flying colors. You still got your yeah. tough man shield. We're moving on to present Thank day, you. Coach. You're you're the offensive line coach at Lake Forest College. Uh, talk a little bit about making that jump from high school to college coaching, and and what are some of the biggest uh, and major differences that you've encountered so far? Sure. Yeah. You know. You know. I've been trying to kind of make the jump for a while, so you know, finally getting the opportunity was great and was fantastic. And I mean, truthfully, when you get down to it, coaching is coaching. You know, it's it, it's it's obviously you're going to have a little bit more time to be just a full time coach, being the college ranks, because you know I'm not worried about curriculum. I'm not worried about getting my my lesson plans ready. You know, I'm I'm worried about getting my practice plans ready and watching film and and preparing in that way. So it, you truly are a coach. You know full-time instead of just from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. after after school so uh that was that was a really good change and the, the other change that's different is obviously recruiting you know uh, at division three um you know we're able to recruit uh, a little bit differently than 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 the 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 higher up so we're we're able to contact kids so it's a it's a constant you know constant open communication with with student athletes and and trying to find your next class of kids because everybody is is talking to the same kids and and um it's it can be frustrating sometimes but you, you know you've gotta you've gotta really kind of put your put your hard head on and really build relationships with those guys that you want in your program and and um and take advantage of kind of the the time you get with them talking with them sure now do you find it and i don't i don't want to use the word easier but i'll use the word easier right now do you find it easier uh, to communicate with high school players or the college players and, and talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about, you know, what you just touched on your recruiting uh, approach in, in general. Sure. You know, in regards to talking to the players, it's, it's really not, the, it's not that different. You know, the, the, the high school guys have the same, or the college guys have the same problems that the high school guys have. It's just, uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit more adult about it sometimes. So really, you, you, you know, you can you can talk to them almost the same you know the, the thing you got to remember with the with the college guys is that you're not so much trying to develop them as as new players they've already been developed as, as players so to speak you're just trying to kind of polish them up and fine-tune what they've already got you know in their in their arsenal as, as players um, sure. and then in regards to recruiting I, I you know it kind of goes back to that being a players coach type of thing I'm trying to build relationships with guys and and talk to them about some things, not necessarily always about football, and just trying to to let them know that you know we're we're looking for them to be a part of our family. We're not looking at them just because they're a great football player. We like them because they're great in the classroom, because they're great people. You know, they're great. They're great at at school. They're great with their mom and dad. They're great with uh, the community. So you know, just trying to build those relationships that that show that we're going to be positive with them, even if they even if they make a mistake on the football field or something like that, that we're still going to, you know, have their back and still want them in our program. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was, you know, when I was coaching in college, that was a big thing for me. Like, man, I, I and, you know, that's, I think that's why I was, had success as a recruiter myself. You, you shoot a kid a text on a, on Super Bowl Sunday, or you shoot all your recruits a text, say, Hey man, who you guys got tonight? And you're building those relationships outside of just selling your program and, uh, right. you know, selling yourself and, 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 you know, that's how you, I think that's how you're successful as a recruiter, in my opinion. But right. That's good, man. So moving on here, you're a big hit on Twitter. Uh, it's obvious, you know, you got a ton of followers. You run hog football chat. Uh, talk to me about, you know, well, you know, talk to everybody about what what is hog football chat? How did it start? 
how many people are involved, how can we get involved with it, and just talk about that because it, it's a big deal, man. You see it all over the place. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's something that started, I think, five years. I think we're on five years now, and, and it started just kind of on a whim. I remember being home uh, watching the national championship game and, and started to, to kind of get on Twitter with some coach talk with some guys and started following these a bunch of Texas guys. And so, uh, you know, the Texas high school football chat was going on at the time, and mm -hmm. and we part we participated in that a couple times and then uh, uh, uh another guy contacted me jack dingus and, and basically said hey what would you think about doing this except you know for offensive linemen and i said i mean sure let's let's give it a shot i think it can work and, and we did it the first night and had i think 25 coaches participate the first night and we're thinking it was you know that this is going to be great this is going to be awesome and it just kind of it kind of blew up from there. And, and so it's, it's been, like I said, going on for five years now. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a chat for offensive line coaches. Um, you know, we're, 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 we talk about, you know, we talk about offensive line majority of the time, but we'll talk about some other things here and there too, and, and have, have a ton of fun with it. And um, it's, it's Monday nights on Twitter at, at 8 PM central standard time. Uh, you can find it, follow the hashtag. Uh, hog football chat h-o-g-f-b-c-h-a-t um and it's um it's an hour long and it, it goes by super fast but it's it's a blast and uh you know we got i'm gonna have to give a shameless plug here we've, we've got our our fourth uh clinic coming up um in march march 21st we'll have our fourth clinic at, at university of wisconsin whitewater uh we're super excited about our, our speaking lineup and um, registrations open online you can find it on my twitter page and and uh you know we had 100 175 coaches in attendance last year and so uh we're we're hoping to to have another great year this year again but it, it's just something you know it's something that gives me time to talk about football when it's not football season and and you know it can kind of take me away from 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 some some stressful things and and let me enjoy my monday nights and, and sure. kind of have fun with that Coach, and uh, you know, why don't, and there's no such thing as a shameless plug on here. Uh, give the uh, give the listeners the uh, do you have the website that they could find to subscribe to that uh, clinic? Uh, so if they go to, if they find my if they go to my Twitter page, the the best way is there's a my pinned tweet has the registration link on okay. it. Okay, so um, coach's coach's Twitter know. is at Coach Schiffman. Okay, so it's S H I F F M A N at Coach Schiffman on Twitter. Follow him there. Again, Monday nights, 8 Central, hashtag HogFBChat. Uh, it's awesome. I wish I could partake a little bit more, but uh, I learn a lot from just from watching you guys, uh, to, uh, you know, speaking and, and talking about it. And Good. and the gift game is on point. You guys send out some of, oh, the funniest, some of the funniest gifts on there, man. And, you know, it's definitely worth the follow to, to just check that out. Uh, check out Coach uh, March 21st. Wisconsin Whitewater, he's hosting a clinic. Uh, check out that information on his Twitter as well. Um, Coach, we're going to wrap it up here, man. Uh, you're doing great things within our profession. Uh, you know, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. And uh, any, you know, any final thoughts here for, for anybody, you know, listening, younger guys or whatever it might be to some advice as they, as they make that jump from maybe high school to college? No, just, you know, don't, don't, don't feel like you are not a good coach because you're coaching high school football. I know, I know, I know plenty of high school football coaches who are 10 times some of the guys that coach college football. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, just keep working hard, 
keep making connections, keep networking with, with other coaches. And, and, um, and, you know, if you, if you work hard enough and if you are persistent enough, you know, you will get your opportunities to, to coach at whatever level you want to coach at. So awesome. Um, awesome. Coach, yeah. Coach, that's uh you know, that's coach Tony Schiffman, offensive line coach from Lake Forest college uh, in Lake Forest, Illinois. Thank you for popping in today, dropping some knowledge with us, telling us about your story. Uh, that'll do it for another episode of a Coach's Challenge here. Don't forget us to, don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter. You know, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, that'll wrap it up here for a Coach's Challenge. Stories told by coaches, but heard by everyone. <laughs>